Let's start off by praying. I need to pray and get, get in the zone. <clears throat> Lord God, I thank you for this morning. Uh, God, I thank you that the, that the weather is warming up. Um, I know there's a reason for winter. I don't understand it, but I uh, thank you for that. But God, I thank you that it's warming up. And, and, um, and God, I thank you that uh, you meet us here this morning. You meet us everywhere we go. Uh, God, I, I just pray that we can uh, surrender our hearts to you and open our, our hearts up to whatever it is you're going to have us have for us this morning. Uh, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so uh, we've been going through the Bible uh, this year as the gathering, as a collective. We're doing it through the version Bible app. If anybody is not uh, doing that, it's pretty cool. Uh, I admittedly have never read the Bible, and hope, you know, by the end of the year I will. But from cover to cover, I've never done a straight run-through of the Bible, so I'm excited about it. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I've either haven't read or skimmed over, and uh, there's, man, there's some cool stuff. And so anyways, this morning, we're going to be reading out of uh, 2 Kings. And if you are reading with us, you've already read 1 Kings and a part of 2 Kings and not just the, the Old Testament in general, but the, the book of the Kings is pretty gnarly. Like, there's some crazy stuff in there. Um, and I'm not going to pretend to be a historian, uh, so if the accuracy of my historicity, that's one of my new favorite words that I learned by Bobby, uh, his, if the historic, historicity is not correct, then uh, you'll just have to forgive me, because uh, we're in church. Um, but... But anyway, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come up here and pretend like I know I, I remember everything accurately or whatever. But we're gonna try and get through it. But but anyway, so the Book of Kings, it it it's a historical account of the different kings of Israel during the of God's people during this time, and and the kingdom actually split up uh, into two different kingdoms of Israel and Judah. And reading through this. And trying to figure it out, man, it's like every chapter and even sometimes squeezed in between a chapter, there's, there's multiple different kings that are being talked about. And, and my small brain can't comprehend all of it at one time, and so I stay confused the whole time. I don't know, is anybody else there with me with that? Like, you're just reading through and you're like, I don't know who's king now. I don't know what's going on. Like, this guy died, and this guy got eaten by dogs, and I don't know, what, I don't know, what, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But there's crazy stuff in there, and, um, and the whole point of it is is the title of the message, God Said It. Uh, this year, the title of every message starts off with God Said It. Um, and that is because the Bible, what we're reading through, is God's, God's Word. It is God's Word. It is infallible. It is, uh, we don't get to edit it. Uh, we don't get to decide the parts in it that we like and we don't like and say, you know what, I don't really like that part of God, what God said, so, you know, maybe he didn't really mean that or, you know, whatever, it's cool, he'll, you know, he'll forgive us anyway, so we can just do whatever we want. It doesn't work like that, okay? We have to read it for what it is, God's word, God's true word, and try and extract what God actually wants to speak to us through it. Uh, otherwise, we'll end up a lot like the, the Israelites uh, through the Old Testament, and it's not good. If you're reading with us, it's not good at all. So, you guys ready? Cool. All right, so God said it. Uh, the other part of the title is Jehu, bye-bye Baal. Okay, bye-bye Baal. We're going to say bye-bye to Baal. So leading up to this point, a little bit of the historic historicity of it <laughs> is, uh, 
is the kingdom was split up, and one of the kings, uh, Jeroboam, uh, he, so Solomon, Solomon created, uh, built in his reign, he built the, the temple in Jerusalem, right? Uh, he built the temple where everybody could go and worship the Lord so that they wouldn't have to worship him in the tent anymore. You remember when they were going through the desert and all that kind of stuff, they have the tent, they had to set up the tent everywhere, blah, blah, blah. So there's the temple, and so Jeroboam uh, decided that instead of having everybody go and worship God at the temple in Jerusalem, that he was going to set up two different places. I can't remember where they are. Actually, they're right here in, uh, in Bethel and Dan. There were two different places where he set up, he set up, ironically, he set up images of a golden calf, right? I mean, they had to have remembered the story of coming out of Egypt, Moses being up on Mount Sinai, and then Moses coming down, and all those stinkers made an image of a golden calf, golden cow, to worship, right? That was right after they gave the, the commandment number one, the first one. What is that? Have no other gods before me. I'm, God said, I am God. I'm not talking about myself. God said, I am God. Make no other gods before me. Worship me only. They couldn't even keep that for 15 minutes. It was more than 15 minutes. But anyways. Um, and so Jeroboam set up these two places. And whether or not his heart was in the right place, I don't know. But anyways, he set up, ironically, two different places for people to go and worship God. And they worshiped an image of a golden calf. And um, so anyways, that's kind of where we are today. And, uh, and, and Elisha, uh, Elisha was one of the prophets of that time. And Elisha was sent to, who we're going to talk about, Jehu, to uh, anoint him as the new king and to tell him what, God's, uh, what God would want Jehu to do over his kingdom. And one of those was to go and destroy um, the, the, the worshipers of Baal, which would be uh, Jeroboam, and, uh, and, and, the, and all that stuff. So let's read. Second uh, Kings 10, 28 through 36. Jehu eliminated Baal worship from Israel, but he did not turn away from the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had caused Israel to commit, which was the worshiping the golden calves that were in Bethel and Dan. Nonetheless, the Lord said to Jehu, because you have done well in carrying out what is right in my sight and have done to the house of Ahab all that was in my heart, four generations of your sons will sit on the throne of Israel. Yet Jehu was not careful to follow the instruction of the Lord God of Israel with all his heart. He did not turn from the sins that Jeroboam had caused Israel to commit. In those days, the Lord began to reduce the size of Israel Hazael defeated the Israelites throughout the territory from the Jordan eastward, the whole land of Gilead, the Gadites, the Reubenites, and the Manassehites from Oriar, which is by the Arnon Valley, through Gilead to Bashan. Does anybody else get tongue twisted when you're trying to read all this kind of stuff? All right, so I'm not alone. The rest of events of Jehu's reign, along with all the accomplishments and all the might, are written in the historical record of Israel's king. Jehu rested with his ancestors and was buried in Samaria. His son Je Jehoahaz became king in his place. The length of Jehu's reign over Israel and Samaria was 28 years. That's part of my struggle with reading kings, is all those names that I can't pronounce. Um, anyways, so 
what happened here is, is Jeroboam had created these two places of worship, but not only that, uh, it, 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 mentioned, um, it mentioned that his lineage, uh, Ahab, whose wife was Jezebel, everybody's heard of Jezebel, right? Even if you're not reading this, everybody probably has heard of Jezebel, and Jezebel's, you know, the I guess classified as like the promiscuous person or whatever, which she wasn't like, at least in the Bible, wasn't super promiscuous, but she was just rotten. She was evil. And she encouraged Baal worship and, and through, um, through Ahab and manipulating him, the Israelites turned to Baal worship. And that was worship of this false god. It wasn't God, the God who created the universe and the God who brought the Israelites out of, the, out of Egypt. It was not that God. It was any, it was any, any other God. And there's different balls. They could be a you know, ball. Um, I learned this from Bobby, but it, uh, it, it really is just translated into the word uh, Lord. And so if you read through the Bible, you hear the word like Baalzebub, right? So it's Lord whatever. And so there was a bunch of different Lord whatevers. But the whole point is, is that it was not God. Um, and so the whole kingdom at this point uh, with Ahab and, and Jezebel, they were breaking that first commandment. And so God, uh, God sent Elisha to go and talk to, to go talk to Jehu. Man, that's crazy. I'm trying to get all this straight. And uh, I hope you guys don't fall asleep. So, and then he goes and destroys it all. He destroys the temple. He gets all that junk out of there. So now they're not worshiping Baal anymore. They're worshiping the God. But, and then it says the but. It says the but. It says, but he did not turn away from the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had caused the Israelites to commit, worshiping the golden calves. So he destroyed and eliminated and said, all right, well, Baal is this false god. You guys are breaking God's commandments. You're falling away from God. We're not going to worship Baal anymore. We're going to worship the one true living God. Yay! But he didn't destroy those calves, right? So what about the cows? What about those cows? What that makes me think about and what made me think about it is, you know, I, I would say it's, it would be safe to say that collectively in here, uh, there's, there's probably not a lot of people that are seeking another God. Um, most likely you're seeking the God that we are worshiping here, the, God, the creator God of the universe, the God that, that loved the world so much that he sent his only son to die on the cross for our sins. Um, and so, you know, in that sense, the, the whole turning away from Baal isn't so important. But what about the cows? What about the other things that we actually worship other than God? What are the things that we make idols in place of God? Um, we come here and we worship on Sundays. And we spend an hour, hour and a half. Some people say two hours like Gary. Um, Sometimes he stays all day. Uh, we got to kick him out. But, but, how, what does your day-to-day -day life look like? Your week, your your Sunday through next Sunday, uh, when you go home. What are the things that you are worshiping? And they could be at, a, at at surface value, at face value. 
bad things, or they could be good things. They could be good things. Uh, you could be worshiping your spouse. You know, spouses become worship. And what, what I mean by that, in an idol is anything that is taking place over God being number one. So, in that sense, who, who or what is the deciding factor for you in making decisions in your life? When you have big decisions to make in your life, or even small decisions in your life, who is the driving force in that decision process? Do you seek God in those things first and foremost, and overall, no matter whatever else kind of information you may get from the world or from your spouse or whatever, you know, fill in the blank? Is God that driving force or that decision maker? If he is not, I would stretch so far as to say that that thing is an idol, that you are worshiping that thing because that thing is taking precedent over God's sovereignty and God's reign over your life. So that's something to think about. Think about those things in your life that are the driving factor. Work can be it. Okay? Work's not necessarily a bad thing. Who, who here does not like making money? Nobody raised their hand. Everybody likes making money. I like making money. You don't like making money? Yeah, you're, yeah, you're lying. That's one of the commandments, by the way. <laughs> Work can be an idol. You know what I mean? Like if you're bailing out on all kinds of other stuff in, in life and, 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 and your obedience to God, your obedience to your family and, and all these other obligations and all these other things that you should be worried about and you're bailing on that for whatever it is, you know, in this instance we're using work, those are good things. But let's fill in the blank on bad things, you know. What if it's, what if it's drugs or alcohol or, you know, whatever it is, anything that takes place of God being number one in your life and the, and, and the thing that is the driving factor in your life is your idol. So what that has to make us do is to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. And uh, Guy said he's got a list of running uh, things that I say that are maybe borderline non-pulpit approved. Uh, but anyways... Uh, I'll try not to disappoint today. Um, but uh, what we have to do is we got to reflect on ourselves every single day. We have to, I mean, I'm guilty of it, you guys. I'm not standing up here blameless saying that I got it all figured out. But, you know, for me, uh, one of the biggest things that has ever been a struggle for me for being an idol has, has been uh, surfing. Yeah, uh-oh. Okay, it, for all you non-surfers that are being all judgmental, I'm sorry, but let's substitute in your brain every time I say surfing, just put golf in there, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever you guys do at football, watching football on, you know, Sunday and whatever, you know, whatever. So surfing, you know, surfing for me has been an idol and it was, it was this crazy thing. Some of you all probably heard me talk about this story before, but I'm going to share it because it's super relevant. Um, I before, years and years, many years ago, uh, surfing was one of the biggest drives in my life. Like, if there were waves to ride, whether it was good or bad or whatever, surfing took precedent over anything else that I had going on. And I would miss school. My freshman year of, of college, I uh, finished with a 1.8 GPA. Um, part of that was because of surfing. 
I thought it would be a good idea to make eight o'clock classes because I could just get my, you know, get my classes over with and be done. And there was two problems. One, uh, I didn't always wake up at eight o'clock. And two, if typically the waves are better in the morning than they are in the afternoon. So if the waves are good, I definitely wasn't going to class. So, and my parents already know, so it's not a secret or anything. Um, they knew what I finished, and, and I was I was very uh, sternly told that if I didn't get my act together, I was coming home uh, from college, and I didn't want to do that. So, um, but anyway, so surfing was this huge thing, and, and 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 I really didn't know that it was a big deal until I got married, um, and then I realized that that something something's not right. Um, so uh, I decided one morning the waves were really, really good. Uh, and, well, actually, so surf forecasting, you know the waves are going to be good uh, the day, sometimes days before. I knew it was going to be good, so I was going to wake up before the sun came up and go surfing. My, uh, Lindsay knew that. I told her, and uh, she, you know, she was fine with it, whatever. Um, so I go surfing, and just so happened the waves were good all day, sun up to sun down. Guess where I was all day, sun up to sun down? At the beach, surfing. Guess who did not call his wife to tell him that I was staying at the beach all day, sun up to sun down, to go surfing? Me. <laughs> Guess who was in trouble when he got home, <laughs> surfing sun up to sun down? Me. <laughs> it was not good. And so the thing is, is that I realized when I got home, she was, uh, Lindsay's the kind of, you know, God bless her heart. She doesn't get really get angry and thankfully and yell. Uh, but man, she, you can just tell she's upset. You know, she, she's and man, I broke her heart. You know, like she was upset, and uh, and she realized that surfing was more important than her. You know, and and if I want to be really honest, in in some instances and in a lot of instances, I guess it was. You know, so. And then it just made me think, like, this false idol and false worship, is that how God feels? Does it break his heart? He created the universe. He, ma he made us. He sent his son to die on the cross for us. And we're going to substitute him for a bunch of garbage? Whew. <laughs> that gives me chills just thinking about it. Like, conviction on me, you know what I mean? Like, I, God is... God is awesome, you guys. Jesus went to the cross for us, for our sins, so that we don't have to spend eternity separated from Him. And we have to go to the bad place, H-E double hockey sticks. I don't know how many kids are in the room. Um, but that's what the Bible says where we go. You don't get to edit that out. If you don't believe in Jesus, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So either Jesus is crazy, a liar, or he told the truth. I think he told the truth. So you have to come to grips with that. So what are the idols that you're setting up in your life that are separating you from that truth? That are separating you from living out that truth day to day? Maybe you're not worshiping Baal. You know, maybe you're not worshiping another God. Maybe you ex accept and believe that there's another God, but maybe you have idols that are in the way. I do, on occasion, you know. Every once in a while I'll get sucked into something else. 
My most recent one was Fortnite. <laughs> All the kids can relate. Fortnite. Man, we, uh, whew, we resisted Fortnite at my house for so long. And then I tasted and saw that it was good. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's happened before. It's not the first time a video game's done that to me. Legend of Zelda, anybody played Breath of the Wild? Breath of the Wild? One of the most incredible video games ever created on the face of the earth. If that causes you to stumble, I'm sorry, but it's awesome. Um, you know, I deal with all kinds of things, and, I, and those are lighthearted, funny examples. But there's some serious stuff out there, guys, that, it, that is pulling us away from, from our attention on God and our faithfulness to God and making us, making us make decisions that we know we shouldn't make making us do things that we know we shouldn't make, and we just chalk it up to that's what everybody else is doing, or this person says it's okay. If God is not the, the, the driving force and, and the one that dictates what is right and what is wrong, then we've got it wrong. Bottom line. Which read, leads to the third point, down we go. If that is not the way that we are going to live our lives, guess what? Down we go. Whether it be in this life or in eternity, down we go. And I don't, I don't, I know that my, 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 my salvation is secure in the afterlife, but in this life, I don't want to go down at all. I don't want to be hindered by all these things that I could possibly put in my place that could that could change my focus on on a day to day day to day to be focused on God and be focused on the things that He would have me do. And I know that's easy to say as you know as a pastor or whatever. And it's like, man, you ain't got nothing else to do but serve the Lord. Well, guess what? Neither you guys don't have anything else but serve the Lord either. <laughs> you know what I mean, man? I got to go work for a living. You know, I've been there. I still do it sometimes, but um, guys been giving me a hard time lately about say, man, are you going to work today? I don't know, but uh, um, I know that it's a struggle to honor God in your workplace and to have to go through the daily grind and have to grind it out and and be productive and all these kinds of things, but and still you know honor God in those things. But guess what? You still get to do it because you have to make decisions in your workplace, in your school place, at your home place. You've got to make decisions everywhere you go. And the question is, who is making those decisions for you? Who is the person that, is, that, is, that, that you are mindful of while you're making those choices? Am I honoring God in all these things? Or am I dishonoring God in those things? And if you're dishonoring God in those things, then guess what? That's the wrong choice. It's pretty simple to say, but sometimes it's a lot harder to do. And I'll admit that. There's a lot of sparkly things in the world, and video games are a lot of fun. Yes! Amen! Um, <laughs> but uh, So that's my challenge for you guys this morning, my challenge for myself. It should be a challenge every day to point out those idols that we have set up for ourselves in our lives, to get rid of those daggum cows. 
You know, first and foremost, if you're worshiping another God or, or even if you don't believe in another God, that's the first step. You got to believe. And if you don't believe, if you don't believe in Jesus, then we would love to introduce you to him. There's a handful of people in this room that I could point you to, to, to talk to you about Jesus, to hang out with you on. If you don't like me, I'm, I, I understand. But I know there's at least one person in this room that I can point you to to hang out with on a day-to-day basis and, and, and teach you about Jesus. And y'all can hang out and, you know, get along. Um, but, uh, so yeah, so we would like to uh, sing one more song. And uh, let's pray. Lord God, I thank you again for this morning. God, I thank you for your word. Uh, God, I thank you for the millions and millions of examples that you have given in your word and in the history of, of, of our world of, of things not to do. Um, God, I thank you that you give us plenty of examples of things to do. Um, God, I just pray that we can, uh, we can just spend time with you, spend time seeking you, uh, spend time praying to you, reading your word, Uh, hanging out with other people that are interested in honoring and glorifying you with their lives. God, help us to focus our eyes on Jesus and and really, really take to heart what that meant for him to come down to earth, live as a man, and suffer and die on the cross. And what that meant for him to raise from the dead and to have victory over death so that our sins will not take us down. God, I thank you for that. I praise you for that. God, help me to honor and, and to glorify you with my, with my day-to-day life. Help us to do that. And, uh, and we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.